Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With a national TV audience watching, our beloved took on the San Diego Chargers on Monday Night Football. Looking to end a disappointing two-game skid and finish off the first half of the schedule on a positive note. Did the Bears catch lightning in a bottle, or did the Chargers blow us away? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 9 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. the ninth week of the season and the eighth game of the year in the books the 2015 campaign has officially reached the halfway point and the bears did it in style with a clutch fourth quarter victory over the san diego chargers what's going on everybody larity back the week number nine review episode of the chicago bears review and once again an afc west opponent comes up and we knock them down 3-0 and against the AFC West so far this year. And it is a victory episode of the Chicago Bears Review. We always like when we get to do these kinds of episodes. And even though all three of our victories have been down-to-the-wire finishes where you're on the edge of your seat, those are always the most fun, especially when you come out on top because then all of that nervousness, you know, the sitting there with your butthole all clenched up and everything and, and everything works out then everything is cool and you can sleep well and you're happy and all that kind of stuff. You know, the drinks are on me and blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Now, if only, if only we could have held on against Detroit and Minnesota, we'd be 5-3 and three instead of 3-5. and five. We'd be 2-1 and one in our division instead of 0-3, oh and, and we'd be a freaking playoff team right now. I mean, what about that, guys? We would have been 5-3 and three if we wouldn't have had those collapses against Minnesota and Detroit uh, in games that we both we played well enough to win and also bad enough to lose. So, of course, we got the, the bad result in those football games um, just because we made mistakes that cost us dearly. That kind of seems to be the tale of the tapes, you know, something that the Bears need to clean up a little bit. And we, we, we did a little bit of that last night uh, as well. We had some... Some mishaps, some things go against us, some some self-inflicted wounds uh, in there. Uh, Cutler's pick six in the second quarter, which we'll talk about here uh, in a minute. Uh, Robbie Gold's two missed field goals. He's missed three in a row now, dating back to the 51-yarder the that uh, he adjusted for the wind, and then the wind didn't, uh, the wind didn't help him out at all. But, uh, you know, Robbie Gold's on a, you know, on a, on a rare slump. Uh, the pick six, you know, the Bears giving away free points again. Uh, the defense stepping up and playing well. And in again, really clamping down in the second half. Only allowed three points 
uh, in the second half. An outstanding job from the defense, especially when it counted towards the end of the uh, of the football game. But you know, we had personal fouls, uh, you know, uh, last night, and uh, you know, just other things in there. Like I said, the self-inflicted wounds that, you know, two steps forward or one step forward, two steps back uh, at times last night, especially since once again, the Bears did an outstanding job moving the football up and down the field until, of course, we got into the red zone territory. But then in the fourth quarter, we finally figured it out. I'll recap all of this in the uh, knee jerk reactions. But, um, you know, again, you know, hindsight being 2020 getting to play the what-if game and everything. Right now, what should be happening is the Bears should be on a five-game winning streak, uh, you know, uh, tied or behind or ahead of the Vikings. At this, The Vikings are 6-2, and two, so if we had beat them, we'd be 5-3. and three. We'd be in second place, one game behind the Packers, who are 6-2 and two because they've lost two straight against Denver and Carolina uh, the last two weeks, going into a tough road game, uh, against the four and four uh, St. Louis Cardinals, or Cardinals St. Louis Rams, uh, on Sunday, uh, in a game that I'm very much looking forward to because, uh, you know, I'm I'm interested and I'm also scared as hell at the same time. Uh, we'll get into this a bit more in depth in the preview show later this week, but you know, I'm excited because, and I'm and I'm scared at the same time because the Rams and I've you know I've guys said this a few times before the most schizophrenic team in the NFL. Uh, we don't know which team we're going to get until we get them. You know what I mean? Are we going to get the Hellraisers that destroyed uh, Russell Wilson in week one? Uh, are we going to get the ones that got their asses stomped by Washington a week later? Are we going to get that team that couldn't beat, uh, you know, a, a team that, uh, that lost Ben Roethlisberger in like the first quarter and couldn't manage to beat a Mike Vick-led Pittsburgh Steelers squad at home or are we going to get the team that went into Arizona and beat the crap out of the Cardinals? So, you know, which one of these teams is going to show up on Sunday? That's why I'm excited and scared at the same time, because I think the Bears are either going to win a close one or the Rams are going to run us out of the building, one of the two. So we'll have to wait and see what that comes to uh, on Sunday. But let's just go ahead and get to the task at hand and talk about this review of the Bears and the Chargers, an exciting game on Monday Night Football. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive right in to the first quarter knee-jerk reaction. I kept this one short and sweet. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Chargers after the first quarter and the tail of the tape for the Bears. Missed opportunities, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and the same problem persists. The Bears get the ball into the red zone area, and they can't finish. First drive of the game resulted in a missed field goal from Robbie Gold from 47 yards out. Second drive, we got all the way down to the 15, and a sack fumble on Jay Cutler by Melvin Ingram turned into a turnover. The Chargers have the football right now to start the second quarter. Their one main drive of the first quarter, about a 14-play drive, Ended in a touchdown pass to Danny Woodhead, and that's where we sit right now, 7 nothing with the Chargers on top. They have the football to start the second quarter. So like I said, missed opportunities, self-inflicted wounds. The sack fumble, uh, Charles Lino, who actually been playing very well, and even though Jermon Bushrod was active 
for the first time in, in quite a while last night. They went with uh, with Charles Leno at uh, at left tackle instead of Bushrod, who was on the bench watching the game uh, this week. Instead of uh, you know being our starting left tackle, which is what we pay him thirty five million dollars to do, but um, you know Ingram very early on was kind of taking over the game uh, defensively. So not only was he putting on putting a lot of pressure on on Jay uh, in the beginning, he was also one of those guys that was uh, that we just seemed to not being accounting for. Uh, in the beginning of the football game, you know, we'd we'd run the football and we'd run it away from Ingram, but his, you know, he would be one of those guys that would come from behind and run the running back down, uh, you know, cutting his uh, his run short and things. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Things like that. So Melvin Ingram was being a real menace early on in the football game. He blew right past Charles Leno on that, on that, uh, on that play. We're, like I said, we were at the 15-yard line in the red zone again. And even though it was wasn't us settling for a field goal, not being able to score, not being able to finish has been the theme for the offense, and it's what plagued us uh, in the first quarter of the football game. Actually, in the first half uh, of the game, uh, quite frankly. But um, you know, in the first quarter, there were only like three main drives in that quarter: the long drive for the Bears that that resulted in the missed field goal for Robbie Gold. I mean, and he kind of, you know, when when they showed the replay, it, it didn't look like it was a bad snap or a bad hold you didn't see you know Robbie's plant foot slip or anything like that I just think he got a bad hit on it because it was it was pretty much dead to dead in the water from the moment it left his foot and uh you know it it shanked wide to the left uh on him and uh you know it was a 47 yard kick so I mean as 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 money as he's been especially from distances like that this is it's not a gimme kick, no matter what. But uh, you know, usually if if Robbie misses, you don't really see him miss badly like that. So you know, you're kept waiting to see something go wrong uh, in the replay, and it just looks like he just got a bad got a bad swing on it, I guess, because it just uh, it came off his foot wrong, and uh, you know he never really had a chance uh, with it. So the Bears came away with nothing on the opening drive, and the answer and the Chargers answered right back. It's pretty much what they did all night long, which was. Uh, it was uh, it was reminiscent of the old Mel Tucker defense, where the Chargers were really exploiting the middle of the field uh, on the Bears. They weren't really going after our weakness, which so far this year has been our corners. They weren't attacking the outside uh, like a lot of other teams have. You know, going after Kyle Fuller, going after Tracy Porter, or or uh, or, Ball, or Alan Ball, whoever was uh, playing at the corner position uh, out there. Um, you know they were going after the inside, the middle of the uh, of the field, and they were getting some big yardage uh, off of it. No matter who it was, whether it was you know Malcolm Floyd in the beginning before he got hurt, whether it was um, 
uh, Stevie Johnson or Antonio Gates or Danny Woodhead, you know, those kinds of guys always just, you know, managed to like if they needed five, they found, you know, like Danny Woodhead would do kind of that that outside inside slant out of the backfield run across basically run around the tackle and then back towards the middle of the field he'd be wide open and he would get the yardage for the uh for the first down the Chargers kind of did that all night long um uh to the tune of about 280 yards passing uh for Phillip Rivers and in the first quarter they just basically chugged it right down the field and uh, in one of the few plays that actually went to the outside uh Danny Woodhead out of the backfield catches a 14-yard pass from from Philip Rivers, and they just made it look easy, like this is what was going to go down all night long. But, um, you know, once again, the Bears getting the football, moving the football. They did what I've been wanting them to do the last couple of weeks. They were getting Martellus Bennett a lot more involved, especially in the second quarter. Alshon Jeffrey was having some issues in the second quarter, as you'll hear me talk about in this knee-jerk reaction for the second quarter. Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter of the Bears and the Chargers on Monday Night Football. And the the second quarter was uh, not that good. Not good at all, actually. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, um, earlier or in the the game so far, has been uh, unimpressive for the most part. There were two really big catches that he could have made that uh, John Gruden, uh, at first glance, was giving all the credit in the world to the cornerback that was defending him. Uh, last year's first-round pick, Jason Barrett, uh, when in both instances, one play that should have been a touchdown on the, on that first drive, the Bears had hit Alshon in the hands. The kid never came close to it. Uh, the second one also hit Alshon in the hands, and the kid was trailing uh, from behind. Both catches uh, were drops. And then finally, um, it looked, and you can't tell uh, if it was a bad throw from Jay or if um, there was a miscommunication on the route that was going to be a going to be run there but Alshon cut to the inside and Jay threw it behind him like he thought maybe he was going to go to the outside ended up being a pick six uh for Jason Verrett the guy that was getting all the love from Gruden on uh uh you know for the when he shouldn't have been in the beginning but um he takes it back for a pick six, made it 13 to nothing. The Bears actually force a turnover of their own and take that in uh, for a touchdown, a one-yard touchdown pass to uh, Martellus Bennett to make it 13 to seven. And then the Chargers uh, were able to take the last drive of the first half, get it into field goal range to put one on the board, 16 to seven, where we sit right now. Uh, in the second half here, uh, the Bears are going to have to create some opportunities on defense um, because the um, the defense just right now is not getting it done. If the it just seems like the Chargers are all in the zone, you know, when the Bears drop into zone, the, the Chargers there's always somebody open uh, moving the chains for them. They're not really even running the ball all that well, if at all. Uh, are the Chargers. The Bears are actually not having much trouble moving the football at all today. It's just, as usual, they're having trouble closing and getting the ball into the end zone. So San Diego starts with the football, and they have a nine-point lead going into the third quarter. So going into the half, the Chargers had all the momentum going their way. They had this two-score lead. They had the momentum of putting that one score on the board before the half. And they seem to be moving the ball at will, basically scoring at will uh, in the in the first quarter. And you know, to go back for a second to the pick six, I watched the uh, the post game press conferences, and um, I don't remember exactly 
now that I'm bringing it up. Uh, I don't remember exactly what uh, what happened with that pick six. Um, I do know that I heard Jay's press conference, and basically he said he put the ball where he wanted it. He put it on the back shoulder uh, of Alshon. Uh, it, it just didn't uh, just didn't get where he wanted it, or you know, I, I or something. I guess there was a miscommunication. Maybe Alshon cut in, or Jay thought he was going to sit, or whatever the case may be. But uh, they, you know, John Gruden and Mike Tirico mentioned that they were talking to Verrett, you know, doing their little pregame interviews and such. And Verrett said that he's been seeing a lot of that route and that he not only was he going to sit on that route, but he was going to pick it off and run one back. And sure enough, the kid did it. But, uh, you know, he was undeservedly getting a lot of love for shutting down Alshon uh, in the second quarter when it was Alshon shutting himself down. Uh, that first uh, in the in the I think it was in the first quarter or early in the second one of the two where uh, you know Alshon had a jump ball situation in the end zone and at regular speed in the moment it looked like Verrett made a good play as far as defending Alshon when you go back and you look at it Verrett is about five inches shorter than Alshon Jeffrey and as he was jumping up the ball hits Alshon in the hands with no interference whatsoever uh, from Verrett a very similar situation uh, on a key play later in the in the second quarter where Jay's throwing the ball you know threw it out in front of Alshon who was doing an out route and once again hits Alshon in the hands Verrett was there but he had no impact on the actual pass itself Alshon just dropped it so uh, you know that's what I was saying when when I when, what I meant when I was saying that Alshon was play was very unimpressive in the first half uh, but he really came on in the third quarter quietly, actually, because at one point you'll hear me talk about it either in the third or fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction that somewhere, somehow, you know, granted Alshon is a big play machine. When he does produce, he produces in chunks. But it's like all of a sudden he had caught nine balls for like 150 yards, and it's like, what? when did that happen? It was like, I know he's been catching the ball, but really 150 yards? That just kind of came out of nowhere. That that number, that's a number I was not expecting. And, um, you know, the other thing was Alshon set a record, a franchise record for the Bears last night. Um, the first receiver with three consecutive 100-yard games, which just didn't didn't sound right to me, considering in 2012, when Brandon Marshall's first year on the team, with the 1,500-yard season that he had, he caught 129 balls. You mean to tell me he couldn't string together 300-yard games in that season when Jay wasn't throwing to anybody but Brandon Marshall in that year? So, you know, that's that's what kind of made me su surprised to hear it. Uh, the other thing I failed to mention in the first quarter, the one-yard touchdown pass to Martellus Bennett uh, broke the all-time touchdown passing record of Sid Luckman Jay Cutler now the most prolific touchdown thrower in the history of the Chicago Bears. So I was watching that game with my buddy Ross last night, and I was like, I don't know if that's awesome or sad because it took the Bears 70 years to break Sid Luckman's record, and I guess it's both. It's awesome because Sid Luckman set a mark in the 40s when they, they didn't even know what the forward pass was back then, but he set a franchise record back in the 40s, and it took us 70 years to break it. But it took us 70 years to break it in an era for at least the past 20 years. Passing has been the main focus point of most offenses in the NFL over the last two decades at least. So it took us 70 years <laughs> to, 
to get to this point to throw and it's only 137 touchdown passes now i know that's that was the mark jay threw one tied it last week uh against the uh vikings broke it this week against the uh against the chargers so he's got 139 because he threw two touchdowns uh last night so anyway like i said going into the third quarter san diego had all the momentum they had you know they had a two-score lead um and had given every indication in the first half that this was going to be an easy game for them that they were just going to keep rolling but things tightened up in the third quarter the bears once again did not put any points on the board um but they also clamped down pretty heavy on the Chargers and only gave up three. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter of the Bears and the Chargers. And once again, the Bears moving the football into the red zone and coming away with nothing. Robbie Robbie Gold, a second missed field goal tonight. He missed one in the first quarter that ended the first drive. Missed another one from only 34 yards. This time, doinked it off the... Uh, off the uh, the goalpost uh, this time, so the Bears come away with nothing, no points, and as Monday Night Football graphics team keeps reminding us, the Bears the only team in the entire league without a touchdown in the third quarter this season. The good news is the defense finally played some defense and kept the San Diego Chargers off the scoreboard in the third quarter, so the score remains 16-7. to The Bears themselves finish off the third quarter uh, with a good-looking drive. Jeremy Langford having an outstanding game so far uh 58 yards on the ground 70 yards through the air uh not really making us miss matt forte all that much up to this point um but we still haven't scored yet in the third quarter we're still down 16 to 7 but we are in the red zone again on the chargers and we really need to finish the drive off if we want to have a chance to win this football game as we start the fourth quarter down 16 to 7 uh my bad i got my quarters mixed up there the bears Held them scoreless in the third quarter. It was in the fourth where the Chargers scored that uh, scored that extra uh, field goal. But as you heard me say, the Bears were in the red zone again. We needed to finish, and finish we did as part of a 15-play, 93-yard drive that started in the third, ended in the fourth, ate up over eight minutes of the clock, and ended in a one-yard uh, touchdown. Uh, uh, excuse me, one, uh, one yeah, one-yard run. Uh, from Jeremy Lankford uh, on that one. I mean, it was just and it was an outstanding drive. Uh, you know, the Bears did very, very well uh, on the uh, on the drive, uh, moving the football down the field. And you know, Jay was on fire uh, on this drive. I think they said he didn't have. I think they said it was like like eight for nine or something like that on the drive. He was just uh, he was just outstanding, or like seven for nine, something like that. And um, you know, finished it off with uh, with Jeremy Langford getting the uh, getting the run uh, for the touchdown. And as you heard me say, Langford was outstanding in this game. And stop me if you've heard me say this before, but I told you so. Okay, uh, I told you that Langford was going to be. We were going to be fine without Forte. As a matter of fact, Forte is going to want to get as healthy as possible as quickly as possible if he wants to wear a bear uniform in 2016 because a couple of more performances like this from jeremy langford and you know that decision will make itself i, I you know i honestly uh believe that i i think that langford is the real deal the only real question mark we had about langford uh going into this game was his pass catching ability and he had an outstanding catch 
uh, in I believe it was in the first quarter, a diving, fully stretched out catch that he made for about 30 yards uh, in the first quarter. I think it was on like one of the first drives of the game, maybe when the, the first one that resulted in a miss for uh, for Robbie Gold in the in the first quarter there. But um, you know he put all that to bed. 70 yards receiving, uh, 70 plus yards on the ground. That was a very Matt Forte ish. Uh, performance and you know if he can string a game like that together against uh, you know because we've got two of the toughest defenses in the NFL coming up over the next two weeks with St. Louis and Denver you know they've been playing lights out defense pretty much all season okay but like I said with the Rams we don't know if we're going to get Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde we're going to get the lion or the lamb you know in this game no no pun intended but um, you know which team is going to show up? Is it going to be the team that that regularly destroys uh, teams like the Seahawks and the Cardinals? Are they going to get the ones that lay down for the Redskins, you know, and and, uh, and things like that? So uh, that's what we're going to have to wait and see on, on Sunday with them. But, you know, the, the third quarter, like I said, bled into the fourth quarter, a 93-yard drive on that one, and Cutler engineered that thing from start to finish. Then in the fourth quarter is when things really got exciting and the Bears finished that one off in style and came away with the victory. Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter, the Bears and the Chargers and a big fourth quarter from the offense finally finishing the drives. Two big touchdown drives, a 93-yard drive at the start of the fourth quarter that got the Bears within two uh, on the uh, on the Chargers, made it 16-14. to 14. A, uh, a one-yard Jeremy Langford plunge on, on that particular uh, drive got the Bears within two. Uh, they give up a field goal drive uh, to the Chargers, make it 19-14, to 14, come right back down the field uh, once again, and uh, another really solid drive. Jay was throwing the ball really, really well uh, in the fourth quarter. It just seemed like everything started to go our way on offense in the fourth quarter uh, there. So some awkward-looking play that Jay threw a ball to just kind of just flipped it out to Alshon, had a defender draped over his back, and he caught the ball anyway. That was kind of how it was going for us in the fourth quarter. And then finally, to cap off the drive to give us the lead for the first time in the game, uh, Jay, just an absolute bullet down the middle of the field, kind of stuck in the hands of Zach Miller and, uh, you know, kind of rolls in the end zone. He was wide open down the middle of the field. The Bears go for two and make it. And that was our final score as the Bears just uh, shut down Phillip Rivers and the Chargers on their final attempt uh, to get the ball down the field to at least tie it and maybe send it to overtime. They come up short. And the Bears pull off the victory, 3-0 and against the AFC West. John Fox's old division as we beat the Chargers 22-19. Jeremy Langford, an outstanding game in replacement for uh, Matt Forte. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey quietly with like 160 yards receiving. Don't know how he did that, um, you know, like I said, quietly, I guess you could say, because... Uh, you know, he made some catches, but I didn't know he almost put up 200 on the Chargers, so that's pretty crazy. And then the defense finally showing up in the fourth quarter, uh, in the second half, actually, only allowing three points in the second half so the Bears can secure the win. And uh, we go back out on the road, another tough road uh, test next week at St. Louis versus the Rams. But for now, we're 3-5, and five, and uh, we got a victory uh, to celebrate this week. <laughs> 
So like I said, when, when, when your team wins these close games, when it comes down to the wire, when things get exciting and you win, it's awesome. But like the last two weeks with Minnesota and Detroit, it sucks just as awesome, you know, as, as awesome as it is to watch them win the close games, it sucks just as much to watch them lose the close games like they had to Detroit and Minnesota. And as you guys know, especially for me with the freaking Lions, I hate losing to the goddamn Lions because now that now that douchebag Schwartz isn't there anymore, we still have Matt Stafford, and I hate his face. I just hate Matt Stafford and his stupid face, and I hate losing to him. And I hope that when we see him on January 3rd that we bury him under Soldier Field. That's how many times I want to sack the bastard to start off 2016. I'm just saying. Anyway, um, you know, so the euphoria and all the happiness was there. Uh, going back to that catch with Zach Miller, um, amazing, amazing catch, actually. It, it, it really did. It, it looked kind of nuts. It was kind of uh, very like Magic Johnson-ish that the fact that it looked like it kind of came in behind Miller's head when, when Cutler threw it. Uh, it almost looked like he reached back behind his head to catch the ball, and um, you know it, it it appeared like it stuck in his hand when it showed the the replay in slow motion. Basically, Miller stopped the ball with his hand and then kind of caught it as it kind of fell down towards uh, his waist. But nonetheless, in regular speed, that play looked amazing, absolutely amazing. It was the catch of the night, so much to the fact that it you know, and also it was the game winner. That's what won the game. Uh, for the Bears, that's what put them up, uh, you know, 20 to 19. And then the two pointer, um, you know, put us up for, you know, for, you know, securely uh, that the Chargers would need a field goal to win the game uh, after that. But, uh, you know, Miller was getting interviewed. I think it was only maybe the first or second, it was either the first or second catch he had in the entire game. But, it, you know, he saved the best for last. He made that one count. And I think I even heard that it was his first touchdown since 2011 with the Jaguars. I think Mike Tirico uh, mentioned that after he uh, made the score. But it was an amazing bullet. Like you could see flames come off the damn thing when Cutler threw it down the field. Zach Miller uh, makes an amazing catch, holds on to it into the end zone. Jeremy Langford dives in for the two-point conversion. The Bears have the lead. And then in the fourth quarter there, when the Chargers are trying to move the ball down the field, Lamar Houston with two huge sacks on the drive, you know, just end up shutting the uh, start, shutting the Chargers down. We hold true uh, in it that the turnover on downs come through. The Bears kneel on it, and we got our third victory uh, of the season, third against the AFC West. And third down to the wire victory and the fifth game in a row, fifth game dating back to our first win over the Chargers, fifth game in a row decided by three points or less because we had a two point win over the over the Raiders, a one point win over the Chargers, three point losses to both Detroit and Minnesota and a three point win over the Chargers. So the one thing you can complain about the record all you want and you're justified in doing so because no one likes no one likes rooting for a 3 and 5 team. However, in the last 5 weeks, the Bears have been in it until the very end and it hasn't been decided until the end and after and you've heard me say this like a broken record, after what we had to endure in 2014, isn't this so much better than what we had to sit through last year? I mean, even in the games that we won, we walked away feeling like we lost just because the like we just happened to win. It's not like we put in an effort that was worthy of victory last year here 
you know, you got to love this team. You got to because they're fighters and they fight until the end. And, you know, I can root for a team like this all day and all night, you know, all day long. And uh, I look forward to rooting for them on Sunday uh, against the Rams. So, I mean, this is uh, this is the team I can get behind. You know, the 2014 uh, Bears team with Tressman and Emery and, uh, you know, what's his moron, uh, Cromer calling out Cutler like an idiot to the press and things like that. With the, the effort and everything that those guys put on the field last year, put me in a spot I'd never been in in my whole life, and I resent them completely for it, which was, you know, in my the first time in my life I couldn't wait for football season to be over. And with this team, I, I'm dreading the season's end because I, I would love to watch this team play all the time. Um, you know, the effort that they put in, the fact that they're in it at the end, you know, gives them a chance, gives us as, you know, as fans a chance to root for a winning team uh, and so on. So, uh, you know, I can watch this. Uh, all week long and at, this was at the very least what I wanted from the Bears I wanted competitiveness I wanted them to be in the games because if you're in it then you have a chance win or lose at the end you know the better team will prevail but uh, you know more times than not it's been the other team but so far this year you know especially in the last five games it's been interesting up until the very last moment so and I'll, and I'll take that I'll take that. Even if we have to stomach a few losses, I'll take being in the game at the end over getting our asses handed to us one game after another like we did last year. So that is going to do it for the review of the Week 9 victory over the San Diego Chargers. What do you say we go ahead and wrap this thing up with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. Here we are wrapping up the show with Bear Up and Bear Down for week number nine. Bears over Chargers, 22 to 19 on Monday Night Football. And, um, you know, it, it, it kind of reminds me before we get to the, the, the awards here. Uh, Matt Stanley, our guest uh, from Bolts from the, from the Blue on, from SB Nation uh, this week, um, he did say the Bears would win in a, t- in a close game. However, he did say the Bears would get out to a big start to a fast start and jump out early and the Chargers would have to come back in the end when in fact it went the exact opposite way. It was the Chargers who basically got off to a fast start and the Bears who had to come back and win it uh, in the end and, and pull out the field goal. I mean, he got the deficit right because he predicted 29 to 26, but, you know, and the Bears won by three, 22 to 19, but it went the opposite of how he said it was going to go with the Bears getting off to the fast start and the Chargers coming back late. Instead, it was the Chargers who got off to a fast start, and the Bears had to come back late uh, and take that one uh, from San Diego. But no matter how it happens, we'll definitely take it. Right, Bear fans? All right, so let's go ahead and get into these awards this week, some uh, very obvious ones. I know that, uh, you know, you guys can just pretty much just read this along uh, with me. You know, first one, obviously, bear up to Jeremy Langford. 72 yards rushing on the ground uh, on 18 carries, so about four yards a carry, which is – which is, you know, right where you want your running back to be. 70 yards uh, through the air in the football game and a touchdown, two-point conversion on the ground. If you had him on your fantasy team, you were happy to do so because he got you a, a ton of points uh, on Monday night. And, you know, like I said, I, I thought and I, feel, I felt going into the game, Jeremy Lankford is a better runner than Matt Forte because of the things that, that I dislike about Forte's running style. 
and you know as as good a great let's just use the word great because he is uh, as great a f- uh, football player as Matt Forte is his running style drives me nuts and you guys have heard me talk about this for years instead of just running through the hole Forte feels the need to get to the hole and then start dancing to try to shake loose the guy that's standing in front of him when he is just as big if not bigger than the person that he's facing just lower your head and run the bastard over uh you're 6'2 220 230 pounds just take him down because at the very least your forward momentum will get you another couple of yards uh and that's what i like about jeremy lankford jeremy lankford does that he hits the hole like he's supposed to hit the hole, lowers his head, and tries to get as much yardage as he can. This is what I've been in love with him uh, for uh, since the preseason, and he's doing it, and he made it count on Monday night. You know, I hate to, you know, I, I know that some of you guys think that I'm a Forte hater, and in a way I probably am. Um, it's just that I agree that Matt Forte is a great football player. I agree he's one of the better running backs in the league. I just I just don't love him as much as some of these other experts do or even as some as much as some Bear fans do. And games like Monday night with the Chargers and the way that Langford played um, are big reasons why, because he's replaceable. I mean, anybody in the NFL is replaceable, but Langford does the things that I like. And, you know, Matt Forte, he, he doesn't. So, But, of course, when Forte is healthy, he's going to play. Langford's going to go back to second duty, but – you know, I think that at, if he doesn't play on Sunday against the uh, Rams uh, and such, that that Langford can at least make a case to get mixed in a bit more often uh, in the offense. So we'll see how that all unfolds. But an outstanding game from Jeremy Langford, stepping up when we needed him the most, going into a big game. We needed to get off the skid, especially with the what a, with two daunting games ahead, well, three actually, with uh, St. Louis, Denver, and Green Bay before those last five games that I think we can win at least four of to close out the year. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to uh, to get at least one or one or two victories out of this next three. That would be pretty sweet. But uh, big bear up to Jeremy Langford, an outstanding job uh, from him. Uh, bear down, got to go with Robbie Gold. Um, you know, those six points were, were huge. Those were two, um, you know, granted – the offense did not finish the drives again, the, the problem that's plagued us from the start of the season. But, you know, you got to score the points. You can't just not walk away with anything. And in those cases, uh, you know, one was a bad kick and the other one looked good until the very last moment and then doinked off the, the up, up the, the goalpost. The upright, that's what it's called. Damn it, the upright. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, bounced off the... Uh, the upright end was no good. That's six points that we, you know, not only did we give up seven points on, on offense by throwing a pick six, we gave up, we, you know, we, we walked away from six points uh, by missing two field goals uh, on, on, uh, on Monday night. So, you know, when, when your defense kind of struggles to be consistent because they were kind of weak in the first half, you know, they were bending but not breaking in the second half before clamping down in the fourth quarter finally. Um, you know, when you're doing that, you can't put them in a hole. You know, you can't put them in a hole. Also, when you're an offense that kicks more field goals than you're scoring touchdowns, you can't, be, you can't afford to put yourself in a hole by giving away points like that. So, but, uh, you know, Robbie Gold giving away those points by not putting them, you know, missing out on the points by missing the field goals a rare slump for him i don't expect it to last 
Um, but, you know, rare slump, not a good time for him to be doing this, you know, at a point when we need the points the absolute most. So uh, a rare bear down for Robbie Gold. Uh, bear up two, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, like I said, quietly. Uh, 151 yards is what he walked away with uh, on uh, Monday night. And I got to give a bear down to Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, like his performance early on in the football game, he, he dropped what should have been a touchdown pass. Uh, I believe that was in the first quarter, hit him right in the hands. And like I said, in, in fairness, in real time, in the moment when the play actually happened, it looked like Verrett made a nice play. But when you run it back in slow motion and you see what actually went down, Verrett had little to no impact whatsoever. Alshon just dropped the ball. It hit him in his hands. Verrett didn't get a finger on it. He didn't block his, didn't get a hand in his face to block him from being able to see it unless Alshon wants to uh, blame it on the lights like he did for that uh, that interception in Detroit. Um, you know, Rasheen Mathis picked off that jump ball in, in Detroit. Uh, unless he wants to blame it on the lights in San Diego, there's no reason that he should have come down with it. It hit him right in his hands before he dropped it. So... Um, that and the other catch and making this this Jason Brett look like an all-star when he wasn't doing anything except standing next to Alshon while he was dropping passes so bear down to Alshon Jeffrey for the beginning of the football game bear up to Alshon for coming through like a champ being the big play guy that we know he is and helping us getting it done in the uh, in the second half um, also bear down to Charles Lino man dude we made the choice or I don't know if it's a permanent choice or if it's a temporary choice or whatever, but Bushrod was healthy. He was active, ready to play, and we started Charles Leno instead, and he uh, gave up a sack that uh, gave the football back to the, uh, the Chargers and killed a very promising drive. We were at the 15-yard line when that sack fumble took place, killed a very promising drive. The Bears walk away with nothing in those first couple of drives because of that. Um, you know, like I said, self-inflicted wounds, missing the field goal, the sack fumble, you know, those kinds of things will kill the Bears against better teams. Luckily, we were playing against the Chargers, who are also not having a very inconsistent team, played by injuries, having trouble finding their footing uh, this year. Thankfully, we were able to endure and come back on them. So the, 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 the mistake didn't hurt us as much as it could have, but it hurt us nonetheless. Same thing for Jay Cutler, but... Um, you know, I, he played a little too well to be on the bear down list, uh, this week. So, but bear, speaking of which bear up to Jay Cutler, 354 yards, two touchdowns, the one pick six, and he had the fumble when he got sacked by Melvin, Melvin Ingram. However, you know, the fourth quarter, you know, kind of like the, uh, the Kansas city game, he didn't play all that great in the first three quarters of the Kansas city game, but came back and let us the two touchdown drives that won us the game in the fourth quarter. Same thing here with San Diego. The guy's just getting it done this year, you know. And, and yes, he's still turning the football over and, you know, creating and creating those mistakes and, and whatnot. But, number one, they're not killing the Bears. And, number two, he is coming back stronger and finishing stronger from those mistakes, unlike before where you could just kind of tell that that mistake was kind of sticking to him and you can just see like the, the, the funk of it was still kind of, you know, bugging him, that the, his attitude was affected by a mistake that he made earlier. He didn't have the amnesia that a quarterback needs to have when he throws, when he makes a mistake like that. So he's, uh, you know, Adam Gase, uh, John Fox, and um, Lonigan, the, uh, the uh, quarterback coach, 
are doing an outstanding job. They apparently we've they found a way to to handle Jay and get him to have that amnesia so he'll go back out on the field like it never happened and start throwing the ball down the field and doing what needs to be done because Jay is getting it done. He has been absolutely clutch uh, so far for us uh, this year. So, you know, I, I dare I say, you know, he should be the quarterback in 2016 because I think he's just playing too well for us to uh, for us to say goodbye. Either that or as Jeff Dickerson has been talking about online uh, lately on the on the um, NFL Nation for the Chicago Bears uh, on ESPN, at the very least, his stock is rising so the Bears could get a decent trade package out of this. So, I mean, at this point, I would hate to see Jay go, but if it's going to help us build for the future, then, you know, maybe it's something else, just so long as it's not Jimmy Clausen that takes his place. But uh, amazing job from Jay. And it's rare, actually. It's rare. I, I would, you know, would like to probably look this up at some point, but it's rare that Jay has a prolific day passing, and I mean he had 354 yards passing uh, on Monday. It's rare that he throws for that much and the Bears win because um, he had a huge day passing against the Lions. Huge day passing. Huge yards against the Lions. Of course, we lost that game. Uh, I think he even had some pretty decent yards against the Packers. You know, it, it's 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 been a trend that you see. You know, the, the Bears tend to win more games when, when Jay is like, 17 for 29 for 240 and, and a touchdown than they are when he's three you know 354 yards and three touchdowns and things like that it's actually a pretty rare occurrence that jay has a big day you know prolific passing day and the bears still walk away with the win um bear down and this guy's might surprise you a little bit but vic fangio our defensive coordinator um you know i i give him uh credit i give him a thumbs up for making the proper adjustments into the second half because the Bears got a lot better. They, they became more bend but don't break uh, in the second half. But that first half was not impressive at all. The, the Chargers, I mean, we're lucky the Chargers didn't put more points uh, on the board uh, against us with the way that the, the Chargers were moving the football at will, exploiting the middle of the field. I mean, it looks like the Bears kind of nipped that in the bud uh, in the second half, but... Uh, in the first half, this thing was was really in a spot to get away from us early uh, with the way the Chargers were moving the football. Rivers kind of just commanding uh, the offense and moving it down the field and, and basically doing whatever he wanted. And, uh, you know, not the – I don't know. I just uh, – I, 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 like I said, I give credit to Fangio for getting it together in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, dialing up the blitzes and getting after uh, Rivers to shut things down. But, uh, you know, the, it, uh, the, like I said, the thing, it could have gotten away from us very early on with the way the Chargers are moving the football. And I just thank God that, uh, you know, the Chargers aren't that good a football team this year. And we were able to, uh, to endure what they dealt us in the first half. So, but uh, need, need better than that, Vic. It was very Mel Tucker-ish the way that they were exploiting the middle of our defense uh, last night. And that does not leave a good taste in one's mouth when you're reminded of the nightmare that was um, was Mel Tucker. So um, maybe I'm repeating myself here, but a bear up to Zach Miller in case I haven't said that. I feel like I have, but uh, if I haven't, then huge bear up to Zach Miller, even though I think that touchdown was the only catch he made all night. He really made it count. It was an outstanding catch, and it was the game winner. So, uh, you know, bear up to Zach Miller, if not for the touchdown, but for the fact the guy has persevered and put himself in a position to be able to enjoy his career again. 
You know, he scored his last touchdown four years ago for the uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and here he is. He had an amazing preseason last year, has a foot injury that puts him on IR. He sticks with it. The Bears give him another chance, and we're reaping the benefits right now. The guy does the grunt work. He does the dirty work. He is the blocking tight end uh, and whatnot. He does what the Bears ask him to do, and he gets to uh, to have a moment like that. This is what happens, kids. When you put the hard work in, Good things happen. Zach Miller is proof of that, so bear up to him uh, for for getting the job done when he was needed last night. And then finally, after last year, almost a year ago to the day, as a matter of fact, after a year ago, Lamar Houston blows out a knee celebrating a sack that did not matter. We were down like 30 points to the Patriots. They had their practice squad guys on the field. He sacked Jimmy Garoppolo and goes into a sack dance and blows out his knee and misses the rest of the season. Well, <laughs> in this case, Lamar Houston did do a little bit of a sack dance, but he got to do two uh, two sack dances and three plays that helped us shut down the Chargers and help us close the game out in the uh, fourth quarter. So bear up to Lamar Houston. Uh, we only Those were the only two sacks that the Bears got in the game, but we got them at the most crucial time in the football game, and they came to us by way of Houston and on those two plays Houston looked like a beast he was actually kind of slapping that tackle around on the last one he just flat out bull rushed him and knocked him flat on his back before he got to Rivers so an outstanding way to close out the game uh, for Lamar Houston good enough to make the bear up list on, on I think what was close to like the one year anniversary of him being the biggest idiot in the history of the franchise blowing out his knee Getting a, a no, getting his first sack, a garbage sack in garbage time against garbage players when we're down by 25 points and then blowing out your knee in the process. So, yeah, he's not going to live that one down anytime soon. But with moments like this, it'll be harder to remember as time goes along. So that is going to do it for the Week 9 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Come back on Thursday when we will uh, preview this week number 10 against the St. Louis Rams. We'll have Joe McAtee from uh, Turf Times in, um, for, the, for SB Nation. I'm pretty sure I'm screwing that up. I know it's Turf Times or Turf Pride or something like that. I'm sorry. I'm not remembering it off the top of my head uh, right now. But it's for the St. Louis Rams SB Nation page. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the originers, originators of SB Nation. We will have him on the show to talk about Bears. Uh, I was going to say Cardinals again. Bears Rams on on Sunday afternoon. So come back on Thursday for our talk with him. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Chicago Bears Review. Hear that? That's the sound of change being cooked up in our schools. Each day, school food professionals throughout California are working to make better meals for our kids, one tray at a time. These meal planning, sauce stirring, taste bud training professionals are making food for students from kindergarten to high school using fresher ingredients and flavors kids love. The secret ingredient to better school food in California? The dedicated professionals who are improving it every day. Learn more about how they're cooking up change at schoolfoodpros.org. Grant provided by California Community College's Chancellor's Office.